continuing completed classics, fulfilling failed franchises, reinvigorating reviled rehashes. It's the follow-up showdown with Paul Gitz, Travis McMaster, and Lauren Pacorni. Hello, uppers and downers, and welcome back to the follow-up showdown 3 AF I where this season we give worthy second chapters to top 100 stories that don't have them. We are normally a podcast that pitches ultimate sequels to movies without them, and this season we are talking about every existing sequel to movies on both versions of the AFI Top 100 list. Today's movie is 1937's The Road Back sequel to number 54 on the original AFI Top 100 list. Didn't make it to the 10 years later list. All 1930s All Quiet on the Western Front. I am your host, whose first name is the same as the main character in the first one, Paul Getz. And with me are my co-hosts, last season's champion, Lauren Picorni. Hi, Lauren. Hello. If there were any women in the movie, I'm sure they'd be (laughs) called Lauren. (laughs) I love it. Excellent. And Parsec Award-winning writer, Travis McMaster. Hello, Travis. Hello. Hi. You didn't want to cheer for me? Woo! No, that's all right. <laughs> yeah. Hello. Welcome. Thank you. I never stopped cheering for you. Oh. Aw. That's it, very though. true. That's very, very true. Um, yeah, I don't have a lot of fluff to fill in here, so let's just jump right into two yeah. Travis McMaster let's... minutes. Two Travis McMaster minutes. Travis will go over everything that happens in All Quiet on the Western Front and The Road Back in two minutes. 30 seconds. <laughs> wow, both movies. Okay, well, you let me know when you're ready. Uh, I'm ready. You're ready. Okay, well, go. Okay, so in the final years of the 18th century, Archduke Franz Ferdinand... I'm just kidding. That's yeah. <laughs> uh, but it, it's the, the All Quiet on the Western Front opens in a classroom in Germany where a professor is giving a rousing speech to inspire the boys to go sign up for the Great War all at once. And boy, do they. They get up, they go out, they sign up, they enlist. And then they're just in World War One for two hours. And it's what you would think it is. It's horrible. They go through their first shocks, their weaknesses. They've got their leader, Cat, who's who's gruff and Ben Grimmy, and he gets them through it all. And then you just watch these boys become horrible, broken men over the course of like being bombed in their trenches, um, traveling through cities, starving, trying to eat rats. At the end of the movie, yes, we're already at the end of the movie, they go back home, realize that that's not their home anymore. They don't have a home. And Paul actually comes back to the war early. He just can't take it, and he needs to be where he's comfortable. And then, spoilers, everyone dies. It's heartbreaking. Not everyone, but pretty much everyone. They all look kind of the same. But they all die. Uh, Paul dies reaching for a butterfly on the battlefield um, because he just needs a moment of beauty. And the enemy, so-called, shows him why you don't reach for butterflies on the battlefield. Um, And then, on the road back, we're in the war again. And then it ends. And we're with one of the guys who was in the other war. In the other movie, rather. Same war. Um, and then, and, and then they talk about how much the war fucking sucks and then they go home and then it's not really chill. They can't really do it. Um, and then, then he, kill, and then, a, then his best girl, who's not his best girl goes on a date with this other guy and he unlike it. 
and then he shoots her. And then there's this really interesting trial where they're like, why is it okay for us to murder people for four years who we don't know, but we can't kill this one guy who makes us mad? Like, sure, murder's bad, but we're all ravenous dogs. And then the judges and the ruling class is like, and then World War II happens. Uh, yeah that wasn't bad i actually did yeah. a little bit better than i thought i would i thought you were yeah. mashing the two movies for a second but then i forgot it's that you weren't word. i forgot paul did go home and come back yeah i, yeah, I, yeah. I thought that he happened in two i like was like a shore leave or whatever yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. he couldn't do yeah. it it's not surely whatever land leave yeah but <laughs> war uh, leave war leave. <laughs> war leave um yeah great 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 work uh it, it is a different guy we're following as the lead versus the guy who shoots the guy in the second one. Right. That would be the only correction I would make. There's Albert who shoots the guy. Right. And then Ernst is like our lead, our new Paul. He he was the only one from the first one. There's like, no, is he in the first one? I can never pronounce his name. It was like, it was like started with like TJ. Oh no, that's a different guy. That's Jaden. Yeah, that's who, that's who, he's the only one who was in the first one as well. Okay, so listeners, right. you're going to have a little bit of trouble parsing characters. There's going to be like one or two really dynamic looking guys sure. that you're like, that's that guy. Everyone else is like young man boy. Especially yeah. if you watch it on YouTube like we did. Oh, the second one. The, second the sequel, one. yes. As Very I difficult. did also because you cannot find it anywhere no. else. But right. it is free on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. As No, not all things, but... A lot of the things we're watching this season on. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, but let's uh, trek back just a little bit to the first one, and let's talk about our feelings on All Quiet on the Western Front. I ended up really liking it. Like, right. I was like, whenever we turned it on, I was like, okay, let's do this. We're ready for this slog. And I thought I'd seen <laughs> it before. I didn't remember shit from it, though. Uh-huh. Um, but it ended up being really good. Some re- truly touching moments. It felt almost modern. Mm-hmm. Like for being made mm-hmm. in 1930, like so many of the things like felt very modern. It was very, you know, I, I like that it was talking about how terrible war is. And I, I kept being like, I can't believe like as long as we've been able to make movies, we've been showing how terrible war is. And we just have been at war with each other forever. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. I ended up really loving this movie. Mm-hmm. I also went in kind of like I did with like maybe Patton or The Sound of Music, where it's like, all right, let's eat our vegetables, sit down, pay attention, straighten up. Mm-hmm. It's 1930. You can do it. You can do it. Come on. And then, yeah, it was, I, we were shocked at, yes, how contemporary it felt and how striking it was and how, you know, if you watch, if I watch, I should say anything earlier than like maybe Jaws, mm-hmm. filmmaking language takes on a different timber mm-hmm. and morphology and it's ex- it's expressing things differently. And it can be, there can be a learning curve where you sort of have to understand how films were made and what sure. things are, are awkward. And so I was expecting a lot of that from 19... Because when we watched the monster movies, you know, there is a lot of, like, stiltedness, sort of. This movie did not really have that. Sure, there'd be some transatlantic accents, and sure, there'd be a little, you know, there's not much music. But other than that, it is so well made. It is so watchable. You can tell that when... Spielberg was making Saving Private Ryan. He was looking at the war footage from this, and he was like, I want to do this for World War II. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, great. Well, I'm uh, pleasantly surprised. I'm very happy that you guys liked it. I guess I, based on your attitudes before we started the podcast, I got a little bit of that flavor. I was like, okay, great. Okay, first of all, I want to point out it is the oldest movie we've done on the show. Mm. Mm. We did go further back than Frankenstein. Travis, you fool. (laughs) <laughs> uh, and there is no music yeah in the there, first there's movie, no music which you guys had a big problem with in frankenstein specifically the director in this movie decided not to have music for sake of 
the gravity I think of the subject that was matter. Smart. Absolutely. Yeah. There's plenty of sound. Yes. There's nothing. There's not like just uh, that sort of like deafening silence in old movies mm-hmm. that, you, that you almost can hear. too much sound. Yeah. Says some soldiers. Yeah. <laughs> it was not all quiet. <laughs> But I also really enjoyed this movie. I will say when it started, I felt a little bit like, am I going to be with TNL on this one and be like, oh, stink. (laughs) Because in the classroom scene, which is like compelling enough, uh, there was some cool cinematography and stuff, but I was just like so old. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, cutting between the boys' expressions while they're listening to the teacher and stuff. You just, at the beginning, you don't necessarily know what the movie's going to be, so you're just, I was just feeling the, like, we're not there yet, we're not there yet of it. You know, in that scene... doing this smoothly. I Uh, was actually really encouraged by the movie in that scene because mm. I noticed in almost every shot, and they do it at the end of the movie, too, they place the globe between the professor and the students Mm -hmm. at all times. There's always the globe between them. And I just noticed that detail, and I was like, "Okay, so we're cooking, we're doing something. We yeah. got our eye on it." Right. I like the uh, like the like, all you show that it shows the boys like imagining like the glory of their oh yes, war yes, yes, career. yes, yes. That, that's right. interesting. The parades and yeah, all that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not like I wasn't. I there was just a. It took me a second to get into the flow, and then right. once, yeah. pretty much after that, I had no concerns whatsoever. It it, My it attention very never wavered. Much yeah. had vision. A hundred percent, as you're talking about with the globe, but like the whole movie is very much that way. The battle scenes, the I mean, there, there are multiple. Oh my yes, God. But the, that, that major battle scene is incredible. And mm. I've never, it definitely showed me things I hadn't seen before in a way I hadn't seen them before. A real true understanding of what warfare was mm-hmm. in that era, which is crazy. Trenches and all that kind of thing. And just how uh, awful everything is. But, but uh, apart from that, just... Every scene, something's happening. There is never a dull moment. The closest I got to not enjoying myself completely was, which I loved the scene overall, but when he's in the hole with the dying Frenchman who he has killed, Mm. uh, and he's just waiting there until he dies, and he's understanding the gravity of what has happened, there's just a li- that has the most on the nose dialogue because he's monologuing and I liked the beginning of it and then he kept going and I was like, okay, all right. And it was like, you know, because you're just a man, just like me. It's the you 30s, know? you know, you want to yeah. make sure to lay it out nice and plain. Well, I liked yeah. it because I think that really, I think that was the moment Paul was really, I think, realizing what the deal was. Sure. You're just a man like me. Yeah. 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 I might have called you brother. Yeah. 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 So thematically, yeah, I dig. I, that was just the only moment that I was a little bit like, because and what I would say about your comment of, in terms of how modern it felt, that was just the only scene that went 1930 far in terms of feeling the need to give the extra lines, right. spend the extra right. time. Do you yeah. think in a remake they'd have that guy like sit up and we talk can to find him? out? Oh, well, right, there right. have been two remakes, two, and both very well regarded. One of which, well. The one that came out in 2022 was up for several Oscars and everybody says is insanely good. Oh, really? Yes. And then there was one in 1979, 
which has some cool cast in there. Uh, we've got Richard Thomas as Paul, Ernest Borgnine as Katz. Hey. hey! Which is, that's a solid that's cast, great. I think. I wonder if that's the one I saw in college. And then, yeah, I think I saw that one in high school. Okay. Because I remember seeing one and liking it, but definitely more modern than this. Yeah. Um, and then Donald Pleasance <laughs> as Cantorek, the teacher. Oh, okay, great. Yeah. So, um, oh, and Ian Holm is in there as Himmeltoss. Okay. So we got some the the, the, the Hobbit the Bilbo guy. from. We know who Ian Holm is. <laughs> well, he. Well, I don't know who Himmeltoss yeah. is. Yeah. I don't know who. Oh, Himmeltoss is. I saw Fifth Element. I saw Alien. He, oh, he's the the guy who was the. the he's their boot camp. He oh, was the mailman the training. beforehand. Yes. Right, and he yeah. comes in and he's like, "Salute me!" And everyone's like, "Get bent." Well, and actually, I've been looking forward to talking about him. I really enjoyed the trajectory of that character. I enjoyed getting to see him as the pleasant, lovely, cordial mailman in the beginning. And then so quickly being shown as the, you know, uh, commander who loves the power and makes Mm -hmm. their lives miserable. Yeah. And then he's the drunk who they prank. (laughs) Right. And then he's the coward who, when when put into combat with them, won't go. But I really also liked where his, the last we saw of his storyline, because I don't, think there's a definitive whether he lived or died but he is cowardly on the field they are forcing him to fight Mm -hmm. because they're like you suck you made our lives miserable (laughs) fuck you get out there and then he has a moment of remembering his training and plows forward Forward! very like (laughs) i don't know about Positively, but perhaps <laughs> optimistically, as just like, a, yes, this is what the train does for. Uh, pure insanity. Yeah, he had left. Right. Like, oh. Which I just really loved every step of his journey because mm. it's like he's not a character I completely loved or hated. He was just very interesting, mm-hmm. and like it showed a lot in that one character who was almost half comedic, at least. They showed a lot of uh, degrees as to the way in which a man can be affected by war, mm. you know. That's one of the reasons I found, because just before we started recording, I went, oh, fuck, I'm not prepared for the minutes. Mm-hmm. And it's a really hard movie to do the minutes for because it's just kind of like a big stew. Mm. And we just put the boys into the war. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the movie is really great at presenting all these different attitudes and perspectives on that war. Like the scene where he goes into the tavern to talk to the generals who are making the decisions about yeah. where they go. And they're all just arguing about nonsense and none right. of it matters. And they don't Here's even have, what you need to do. They don't even yeah. have a plan. They right. have several plans that could maybe work for nebulous goals. And that's why he just gets up and walks out. And he's like, if we're going to go die, I don't need to listen to this. Right. We'll just yeah. go die. I was like watching it. I'm like, I know that modern day capitalism is not exactly like war, mm-hmm. but it kind of is. The people at the top aren't doing anything. And the people on the ground are getting their asses handed to them every day. In the trenches. Well, yeah. they're making money at the top. That's what they're right. doing. That's yeah. still true. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And they're counting it probably. Yeah. And they're putting it somewhere. But no, yeah. No, you're uh, you're absolutely right. I, probably why it's been remade twice. Yeah. yeah. And it is a novel, which I definitely felt like I could, it felt very and competently so novel-esque mm-hmm. as a film. Yeah. The way it moved. I really in- loved sequences like the boots being passed oh, around. Oh, boots! I have that, that in my notes. That so was really good. Cool. Was really good. That was cool. There's a soldier who they leave to die in a ward where, where he's being treated. And uh, one of the soldiers, they won his boots and they very sort of callously asked yeah. for them. Like, well, you're not going to use them. Well, because his, his, his leg was aside. amputated. Right. So he's yeah. like, you don't need... Right. Those nice boots. Yeah. Right. Right. But also with the implication of like, you're probably going to die. Yeah. Right. Right. 
Yeah, I guess I'm not remembering if they say he's gonna die. At that it's point, like it's, it's just like that he has one life. Right, and they don't want to tell him. But then when he, yeah. he's, then the guy is like, I don't think I'm gonna make it. And he's like, what? Well, of course you will. Yeah, He'll be yeah. back with us all. And he's like, yeah. I, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. And then he's right, and he dies. Yeah, right. And when they go to get the doctor, the doctor's like, I've got surgery. You right. go tuck him in. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah. the orderly is like, look, sorry, he's in a lot of surgeries, and your guy's gonna die, and then there's another guy dying, so yeah. we're really busy. Yeah. Uh, so... The, he callously asks for the boots. This other so, fellow soldier, Paul, takes him aside and is like, hey, man, come on, be cool. And, uh, <laughs> and he's like, ah, 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 ah. So he gets the boots, and then he dies, and then they follow this really wonderful sequence of, the as the war progresses, the boots end up on different feet. And I really love that they also can't really imply that there was a, we all talk about the cursed boots, <laughs> because they're moving in a way where it's like, nobody knows where they came from. We're just, mm. you know, pawns in this game. Yeah. And everyone's pretty on. cursed in World War One, Right, so. right. And they just want comfortable shoes. Yeah. yeah, The guy even says, like, I won't even mind being <laughs> yeah. put to the front in these boots. The small pleasures. Yeah, yeah. Um, I do wish, and I think it's just, this is just 1930s stuff, but I do wish that those boots looked a little different mm. from all the other boots. You, mm. It's easy to follow because they're always like zoomed, like here's the boots. Right. Here's sure, the yeah, boots. Yeah. So I'm like, I guess those are the boots. But to my eye, they looked very similar booty to the uniform yeah. boots. Okay. Yeah, that's so maybe that's why they were it's a not little. They looked a little AFI more worn. Yeah, a little which is lighter and yeah, black were, and white. They were lighter <laughs> and like a little yeah. more worn. Why did I, it get bumped? Yeah, what the that's, fuck? that's nuts. What's that? Why, it got what? bumped from the ten years later list. Yeah, I am. I am did, actually pretty surprised by that. It did win Best Picture. Things get bumped off the old list because they're adding new movies that are eligible. Right. Right. Uh, what right. Bumped, but what but bumped, some stay. But right. what bumped yeah. on the water? Quiet front. Well, there is. <laughs> it is. Yes, it's interesting that this would get bumped, especially given that it's higher than anyone we've done so far. Mm. Several of which were not. So I don't know. I don't have an answer for you. I Damn don't it, understand Paul. what makes it. Um, yeah, it was innovative, but yeah. pretty good. Yeah, uh, but... pretty good. No easy rider. <laughs> Sorry, no, I agree. That one should have been on there. I think. I think that's what I I'm said. Just saying, and I'm it just, moved up. I'm just saying, if we're yeah. bumping stuff, yeah. 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 What are you afraid Nicholson's gonna hit you? Right. No, I I completely agree that this well, is more... it's always a, a danger. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's in plenty on the list still. Yeah, but but yes, I agree that this is more. This is a more timeless movie. Hmm. To mine eye, than Easy Rider, which is so timely, it's crazy. <laughs> like it couldn't, there couldn't be a timelier movie. I suppose the most iconic moment in this film that I knew of was the butterfly, the ending moment mm -hmm. of the film that I just like somewhere in the back of my mind was like, oh, I know this imagery. I'd only seen the hands. Oh, well, that's pretty huge. That was yeah. pretty iconic. Yeah. That, was amazing. that one we rewound. We were like, I was, like, is that, they, was there a cut? How'd they do oh, this? Oh, yeah. What's so going just on? to describe, if you haven't watched the movie, in the major battle sequence in the film, there's an explosion. There's men running toward camera, yeah, uh, toward us, the Germans. And then there's an explosion. And the only thing left post-explosion are two completely intact human hands hanging onto barbed wire. Severed. Uh, terrific. Severed it's from, a, right from below a body. the wrist. Looks, yeah. for, and especially for 1930. It was amazing. The yeah. shot is like the camera. I know they could move cameras in the 30s, but they just didn't really because they liked plays. But this mm -hmm. camera is like mm -hmm. sliding down this whole trench while like all these explosions are going. It's just a huge, impressive production. Yeah. And then, yeah, the hand thing, it was so reminiscent of 
the storming the beaches of Normandy when yeah. you know the guy's arm blows off and he picks and they, it up. And they they didn't linger on it. Like it was it's only there no. for a couple seconds. Yeah, Plenty you, of horror you, you, to go around. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. But easily the I would say horror wise the most iconic moment in the film. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, unforgettable. And and um so I have some fact about that. Uh this is actual severed hands. <laughs> <laughs> you might as well have been. They look great. Maybe yeah. they got some donors. But uh <laughs> This is the production code at this point was not enforced until 1934, right. which is why they were able to to do that so explicitly because it was deemed that the violence, the subject matter was so important right. that they should show the violence. You mean that is the production code the Hayes Code? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yes. yes. Uh, which came about later. So Lewis Milestone, the director, was told by a foreman German soldier that they saw this happen. They're an extra on the film, so they Jeez. put it in the movie. Sure, Good okay. Lord. This was a... Yeah. Nice, nice. Yeah. Sort of. <laughs> nice. I mean... Yeah. <laughs> I mean <laughs> nice. Ooh, nice. Nice horror. touch. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's, yeah. Uh, brilliant. Yeah. Who is the man on, like, like whenever you go to pull up the movie, like the, the, the poster, who is that? That... I do not recognize... It's I know, he movie. looks nothing like he any of like the that. lead characters. He is the first character to die he's like the coward the one who in the classroom does not want to who cries yes who okay. doesn't want to go and they all go come on join in you know and then okay. and then he does sign up and he's the first to die and he's the one that they the, the other soldier runs out to go get oh, oh what um, a weird choice that it was is a weird choice. but at so the much. same time he is the first of so many to fall in so. the hands of this horrible yeah. war all yeah right, all right, all but right. i i do think it's an odd choice for the poster right because anytime you look up the movie that's the first image you see and it's this character who's not right um, he looks like that barely guy in the movie from, is it cagney James, James Cagney. Cagney. Yeah. Yeah. Like Cagney. A little yeah. bit, yeah. Yeah. Nice. Great food yeah, food kind food of an ugly me. face, Great but iconically food ugly. Food <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's well, how I remember him. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, Improvised. Save it. Yeah. Really rude. <laughs> you really yeah. rude. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just get into some of these notes. The writers on this movie, the author of the novel, Eric Maria Remark, German, served in the war, wrote the novel about his experiences. The Good. screenwriters, Maxwell Anderson, who wrote Key Largo, The Bad Seed, hmm. The Wrong Man, and was a contributing writer on Vertigo and Ben-Hur. Hmm. Uh, and then George Abbott, who wrote The Pajama Game and Damn Yankees. So, sounds like some competent... I've seen Damn Yankees. Yeah, sure. I think I've seen, seen The Bad Seed. Any of these movies. When yeah. you started listing stuff, I was like, this is all gonna be from You've seen 30s. Vertigo? I've never seen Vertigo. Vertigo's great. Yeah. I like Vertigo. Well, we'll get to Hitchcock later down the line. Yes. Um, what Hitchcock movie has a sequel? Psycho. I'm an idiot. Yeah. That's right. three. I'm so yeah. excited yeah. about that right now. Yeah, me too. But uh, later, later. Yeah. yeah. Later. <laughs> uh, the director of this movie was Lewis Milestone. Cool name. <coughs> he also directed the front page, Anything Goes, Of Mice and Men, Les Miserables, Ocean's Eleven, the original, mm. and Mutiny on the Bounty. Oh, wow. So a lot, a lot of, of hits. Yeah. Not surprised that his... This 1930 picture was so great now. Yeah. yeah. A lot of, um, oh, what's the word? He reaches a lot of different points in history. Milestones. Is this good? Very nice. Good teamwork. Good. Thank you. Thank you. Um, you're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> um, the, well, and the, the tracking shot that you talked about mm. in, on the battlefield, that was, uh, you know, a, a, a invention from the previous year, hadn't you know been around before? It was invented awesome. for the movie Broadway in 1929, and he borrowed it for this. And it was a concrete uh, 
slab that they were sliding it across. But it was like new tech at the time. and We used corn oil. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, a rope. Tied it to a mule. Mule's in the union now. Oh, and I'm very excited to talk about this because it is a segment we alluded to becoming a segment as uh, introduced by Lauren. And this will be the first time we get to give it a theme song. Nice. Hands-on directors. A memorable hand at a pivotal part. Who would have thought it belonged to the one behind this work of art? Hands-on directors, it's not all about them. But that doesn't mean they can't be in a scene every now and then. The iconic final oh. shot <laughs> was filmed during the editing process. All the actors had left, so that is Lewis Milestone's hand reaching for the butterfly. That's cool. Uh, at Paul's moment of death. So nice. Very cool. That's cool. That's cool. Use of a director's hand, as they love to do. Yeah. It's <laughs> this an easy was way to mine. <laughs> Good job, Lauren. Thank you. Yeah. You can write the theme song if you want. Go for no, it. No. Go, go, go. Yeah. Sing, no, no. Sing, I, I, sing I love hearing you your theme three, songs. I'd two, rather, okay, I'd well, rather be How about you write the music and then I'll sing to it? Oh, but I like your jingles too. Oh, okay. Wow. Great. I like to be surprised. Okay. Audience cool, participation cool, cool. No at this magic no, no, show no is really all on you. <laughs> That's perfectly fine. <laughs> Paul up on the stage. Okay, I need a I need a suggestion from the crowd, yeah. and the crowd's like, "But you're so funny." <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> Whatever you've got in mind. <laughs> you're doing great. I really great. need a musician. <laughs> Anyone in a musician? Ooh. Me. Okay, uh, would you like to come up? No! <laughs> Who do you like? You do it! Um, all right, well, no worries. Anyways, it's going to be a great segment. I'm yeah. happy we have it. Yeah. Actor's notes. So, Douglas Fairbanks Jr. and even the book's author, Eric Maria Remark, were both considered for the lead role of Paul. Hmm. They didn't get it. Well, that's what they told the Louis author Lewis. when they were negotiating. Sure, yeah. Sure. You can, you'll audition. You'll be on the poster. You're on the short list. Not this random guy. It'll be you. <laughs> <laughs> this is just a mock-up of you, the one actor we have. You can be the yeah. reporter at the beach. <laughs> uh, I don't believe they... reference for anyone. Right. Okay. <laughs> I don't believe they are in the movie at all. Okay. So they didn't even get anything. It's but, so weird that the writer didn't make it on screen. The novelist, yeah. Hmm. yeah. In playing the part, Paul Bomber, Lou Ares, the man who did become the character, became a conscientious objector during the Second World War. Hmm. As a result, his films were banned in over 100 Chicago theaters. I don't know why just Chicago. Oh. Oh, Chicago's yeah. Everyone really else strict was like, about the war. Yeah, then he's got a good point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Chicago's like, no! Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Go Cubs! Um, okay, so then what else? Okay, Louis Volheim uh, earned some of his best notices in his of his career playing Cat. Cat mm. since he was terrific, so great. great character, loved, loved everything he did. Wrote him down as an unso hero because I didn't know how big his part was going to be. I thought maybe <laughs> they would just like move past him, but then I was like, no, this guy. I'm glad he's sticking around for a while. Um, but, and he was set to star in Lewis Milestone's next film, The Front Page, uh, and he died of stomach cancer. Mm. Uh, Bummer. The, within the director a was few months. carrying him on his back to set the first day. Yeah, we got to talk about <laughs> that scene. That was uh, so good. I yeah. gasped. Like, yeah. I was like, <gasps> and it was such an effective, beautiful 
when you, we, the audience, know he's dead. Right. Mm-hmm. And how they show it. In well, do you want to quick... set it up for the... Oh, okay. So, so yes. Uh, Paul, after returning to war, pretty much the only two left that he knows, from, uh, they, they list as how all of his brothers have fallen since he's been gone from his war leave. Jaden is the one he sees first, and then eventually Kat, who is his, he considers his best friend. And consider like invincible. Yes. They're like he as long as he's here. Yeah, the toughest man. Yeah. Yeah. Tough nugget of a man. Who brought them all up and fed them throughout the war. And so they are out and an attack happens. But Um, it's awful because they're just having a catch up conversation. Right. They're not in the field. Did you get any food? No, I didn't. And then like a plane drops a bomb and they both drop and it explodes nearby. And then they just stand up and they're like, Oh, let's get back. They're just talking. Yeah. Yeah. Casual. Yeah. So Kat is injured. Paul puts him on his back and says, I will carry you back to camp. Impressive. Then another bomb drops and somehow kills Kat in the process. And we we see him go limp. And we see the blood on the back of his neck. Right. Some some shrapnel or something Mm. got into his brain. Right. On Paul's back and then watch him carry him the rest of the way. Uh. And then he puts him on the table, hopeful that he will be okay. And the doctor is very callously like, this one's dead. He should have left. Shouldn't it. have bothered. Yeah. Yeah. And then he's like, "No, yeah. no, no, no. He he's fine, friendo." Yeah. And yeah. then the doctor's like, "I'm telling you, he's dead." And then goes back to playing his cards. And yeah. then Paul just has to deal. Yeah, just, yeah. Like, that's it. And yeah, I will say, beautiful I... shot too when he walks out of the tent yeah. and you can yeah. see the truck passing by. Like he's he's almost like he's instantly like, "Well, okay, that yeah. sucks." You know, like well, just yeah, like yeah. another like that's how it is. What can you yeah. do? Um, I'm glad we watched MASH before this because it gave me better context for the doctors in this movie. Mm. I feel like I would have disliked them a lot more mm. if we hadn't watched that first. But now I'm like, well, yeah, like, well, it's rough for them too. They're just, they see sure. maybe more death than anyone else, you know, so. Well, yeah, and I mean, they're, I do think the movie is good at effectively setting up that everyone, much like Paul in that moment, we know how much he's going through internally, but knows he has no choice but to press on because there is no choice in war. Yeah. They're just hardened against everything to the point that for the doctors, this is an inconvenience to be like, well, now we got a body. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> but boy, what a what yeah. a sequence. Hmm. That is a really hard. And he's so likable and mm-hmm. lovely and hilarious. You get a lot of the laughs, especially from him and Jodden. Together, he's the, the he's in the, in the second, second one. one. Oh, okay, the Popeye looking guy, right? The guy who Mr. and I Hackers. loved his drunk acting. He is fooled to not go see the French girls. <laughs> oh uh, yeah, and cats <laughs> drinks with him to the yeah. point that he can't go. And then when he realizes what happens, he decides he's going to fight Cat, and then drunkenly swings yeah. and misses and falls. Yeah. That was a great scene. I really loved that scene. I, I like that scene with the French girls. It could have been. So like lewd and lascivious, especially pre Hayes Code. Right, but it, it yeah. was such a sweet kind of connection for these ladies who are in a war torn country and starving, and these boys who have yeah. gross soggy bread yeah. and libidos, and they're just and cute little butts in yeah. the water. <laughs> yeah, and they yeah. just they have they just connect for a moment this night, and it's really intense and sweet. But it's also everyone is very aware that like this is it. It's just this night. We don't speak the same language. Yeah. Thanks for the bread. Yeah. Um, and it's just a, we're calling it. An, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a mm-hmm. nice little oasis in this. Yeah. Uh, well, we called it the Great War. The French girl scene, as you alluded to, you know, strongly hints at an adult, the adult theme of unmarried sex mm-hmm. taking place. Uh, there's also some blasphemy in the movie, these things like this. Uh, the Hayes Code 
when it came about four years later, rigidly enforced these things out of movies. Mm. And so until it was ignored in 1960s, there were several re-releases of this movie because it was such a big deal. And it is assumed they became victim of these censors. They pulled Um. these things out of the movie. Uh, Most of the surviving cutscenes, however, were restored by Universal in 1980 Mm. under the guidance of Lewis Milestone, who died not long after. Sure. So right before he went, he fixed his movie on the way out. And then later that day, I assume, passed on. Yeah. That's nice. The work was done. Has to be. (laughs) 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 I got my French girls back. (laughs) We did it, Louis. Yeah. Final film of Raymond Griffith, who played the dying French soldier that's why um, it's his final they, well they got it on on film <laughs> he had lost his voice through illness as a child and he was a popular silent film star you feel so good the, about the, yourself the, the coming of sound meant the end of his career oh super sad yeah yeah right. i do he, regret as the he died <laughs> his career died on screen with him and the innocence of the world in yeah. uh, World War One. A lot of tragedy in that moment. Yeah. Fitting. <laughs> it wasn't even a funny joke. That's yeah. what the worst of it is. <laughs> I stumbled through it. I got some fun facts and unfun facts. You know, it was 1930. Sure, going to be some unfun facts in there. <laughs> the title of the story is drawn from German newspaper articles. The articles would rave about glorious victories on the Eastern Front, but would dismiss the horrors playing out on the Western Front. Mm in a nothing-to-see-here-folks manner uh, by the simple phrase, nothing new in the West, which is the actual German title of the novel. Uh, nothing new in the West. But all nothing quiet on the, the Western West. front, maybe. Does that translate better, or does it just sound more it's poetic? A little more I think cinematic. it's more poetic. I, yeah. think it's the, I think it was the American spin. I'm not sure. I would assume the novel is also called that here, so mm, maybe there yeah. is a translation. I just difference. know that German is a very direct language and culture, and to Americans it reads as rude or flippant or disregarding mm. and it's that's not the way it's intended so i'm wondering if but i would <clears> say <throat> the phrase nothing new right that's a little I'm more american <laughs> than all quiet <laughs> right all is quiet on the western front we mean it sad and peacefully yeah. is that how you meant it yeah it sounded pretty brusque yeah. <laughs> that is just the german way don't yell at me <laughs> yeah maybe that is the german way <laughs> <laughs> what? sorry no offense i really to want anybody. to leave this in <laughs> uh i <laughs> It's okay. It's decent accents, I suppose. I think Germans, as far as I can below. tell. Yeah. <laughs> How's Lauren go. doing? Historians, Germans. Great. I'm um, like a quarter German, so it's okay. Mm. <laughs> my last name is very German, as I'm told. Guts. Oh, sure. Guts. Yes. That Guts. makes sense. Yeah. yeah. And your hair is kind of German looking. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Nice, I guess. Yeah, yeah. It always looks nice. Oh, sure. They're very put (laughs) together. (laughs) Great. Got to hand it to those Germans. This movie went through a lot in terms of when it came out and what was happening in Germany and uh, all that kind of thing. What was happening in Germany? Yeah. The rise of the Nazis. Uh, These people would storm screenings of it, the Nazis. Uh, and release rats or stink bombs into the theater because the wounds of the defeat of the First World War still ran deep. This led to it ultimately being banned in Germany, though it would still play in Switzerland, France, and the Netherlands, and there would be special buses uh, to transport Germans to screenings of it. Mm. Uh, It was not allowed to play again in Germany until 1956. Wow. So it was banned in Germany by Nazi Minister of the Interior Wilhelm Frick on the grounds that it represented Germans as cowards. 
Oh. Uh, ironically, in neighboring Poland, the country's censorship board prescribed the film on account of its being pro-German. I would say it's pro-German. It, 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 it seems, humanizes it seems them. Pretty, yeah. uh, it seems pretty uh, neutral. Neutral. Well, I mean, I don't think, like, you know, because I looked it up, I was like, ooh, like... It's a human Should we be signing? Like, it, it's yeah. just it, yeah, yeah, it's just about people who get caught up in the war, and it's so, terrible. Yeah, it seemed to me a story about, like, how we shouldn't force children to yeah. go die for nebulous causes in war. But I suppose that wasn't what the Nazis wanted. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I mean, like, like it, I will, you know, the scenes in Germany are about how culturally things were... I mean, I'm sure well, they're kind of... I mean, I'm sure we'll get more into this in on the, in the road back, uh-huh. which seems to be directly kind of... The back half of that movie is, I think, about this specifically. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm not sure. Yeah, I would... Yeah. Draw your own yeah. conclusions. <laughs> I'll draw yeah. them this for you. This is a firmly anti-Nazi Confederacy podcast. The Nazis fly the Confederate the flag in Germany. Nazis have been villains in roughly half the movies we <laughs> talk about. I mean, not... It feels like. We're always talking... Also, in real you know, life. we don't like the Nazis. Yeah. yeah. Anti-Nazi, yeah. pro-Germany. Yes. Pro-Humans. They're an easy villain. <laughs> Right. Who's, the- who's the worst? <laughs> <Who do we-, laughs> we need a villain who's just the worst. It was also banned in Italy until 1956. I mean, Axis powers. Sure. sure. Well, they're a passionate people. That's about it for All Quiet on the Western Front in terms of my notes. The only thing I might... I, I don't know that you need to hear this if you're on the fence or if it'll help, but like, you know, it is definitely about the horrors of war. And that is like... 95% of the sure. film. But there is a 5% of fun and brotherhood and mm. like, you know what I mean? There is no, it's, it, it is not humorless. It is not without, and I think, I think, I think that that helps balance it and make it a more human experience is right. there, there's moments of humanity and kindness there's among the soldiers. It, yeah. it doesn't glorify That's what makes the, the horror part no. so horrible. Right, is right. You're, you're with these just normal, delightful schoolboys. Yeah. I don't know if they're being played by older men or if life was just harder in the 20s. Mm. Uh, I think older. They're supposed to <laughs> yeah. be just like 16, 17, 18 right. year old schoolboys sure. who yeah. are uh, twisted and broken. But yeah, when they're amongst one another, they are... They find their moments <clears throat> of... It's like if you, if you like Band of Brothers, that is a show that is extraordinarily excruciating to watch. But the humanity and relationships are so strong and palpable and real, um, real yeah. and um, um, relatable that it's nice to watch. So before we start talking about the sequel, does this movie deserve to be on the top 100 films list? It should be on both. Yeah, yes. it should be yeah. on both. Get because out of here. It, is, it, is, it, it does seem groundbreaking. The first of its kind. That's what the list is for, right? Yeah. This was between world wars that this was. Like, this, I think, had an active message for a very specific reason. What a great segue into The Road road Back. back. Okay, so then, should this movie have a sequel? No. I don't think... No, not... No. no. There's not much of a story to... (laughs) I mean, no. We know what happens. There's there's more war stories to tell. Yeah, you can tell a different kind, but you don't need to go... And And then... then. (laughs) Yeah, turn the page. Yeah. (laughs) The world war. His so, body continued to rot on that field. Yeah. I there is a sequel novel, same author, called The Road Back. That's what this oh. is based on. Oh. So well, okay. they had more to say. But yeah, how do we feel about this movie? Uh ninety-eight percent of the first on Rotten Tomatoes. I don't even know why I'm mentioning this. Zero percent <laughs> for the second, but I think it, it just seems like an access. It's because there's no reviews right. really. Right. There's two like user reviews, and they yeah. are both rotten yeah <laughs> uh, i'll say that the road back or the road home the road back the road back yeah is what i thought 
Mm. All's Quiet on the Western Front was going to be. It somehow feels more 1930s. It feels more distant. It feels more stilted. It feels more... The acting is just a little bit more like this, you know, and all Mm -hmm. of the... Yeah, yeah. sets are well they're sets they're not out wherever they fuck they shot the first one right they're a lot more like it you can tell it's the director of frankenstein <laughs> mm. i'll say that mm. but having said that i found this movie i wasn't as wrapped as i was in the first one but the second one did keep like hooking me in and bringing me back they'd have all these tremendous lines and little conversations mm-hmm. and really interesting special effects moments that i was impressed by and then in the middle there'd be some chaff you know you gotta kind of push through but overall i didn't regret my time Mm -hmm. yeah like i thought it was okay i was more really distracted by like how different it was like there was Mm. so much music (laughs) i I look forward to talking about that yes Uh and like um todden chodden jodden jodden obviously always meant to be comedic but like this is nah, yeah, not like this. It, it doesn't fit it doesn't fit they're like well he's funny we'll have him be funny it's like well why yeah if he looks funny movie, he, he is work into that have him pull on his nose yeah really yeah. popeyeing yeah 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 i feel similarly i didn't there was not not nothing there right right at the top i'm gonna say the music distracting very distracting did not know how i was supposed to feel about anything in maybe one moment i was like oh i like this score and that moment was when they left the dying soldier and he asked can you turn my bed so i can watch you leave on the way home from the war yeah i liked the score in that moment outside of that i was like why did they pick this Why for this, this moment? Here? What is what is this? General it all 1930s. sounds so generic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and there's just constant. Right. And then when there wouldn't be music, I was like, well, why not this yeah. the whole time? Which like, is the loud yeah. hiss of your ancient soundtrack. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that was distracting. I some great actors in this movie. Andy Devine mm. really oh, brought yeah, yeah. a whole hell of a lot Who as is Willie. Not the cowboy actor. From Back to the Future Three, no, but he's doing like an Andy Devine impression. He's Friar sure. Tuck. He is. Yeah, Friar he's the voice Tuck. of Friar yeah. Tuck. But that, yeah, that guy in Back to the Future Three is doing yeah, an Andy Devine because that was the type of character he was famous for yeah. playing. Man, that cowboy um, gets a lot of play on this in, show. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, it's a great movie, great yeah. franchise. Uh, Man who shot Liberty Valance. He has. I mean, I think several westerns. That's like yeah. his role is the it's perfect sheriff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was. But, yeah, I, I loved him. In this movie, mm-hmm. yeah. as the the big brash loud boy who yeah. is suited for war, yeah, and is less suited for coming back from war, yeah. But he's still so likable, even when he's being kind of like fumbly and obnoxious, following him around, uh, blowing up his war stories to his fiance, yeah. pointing <laughs> them out his lies. Terrific, <laughs> terrific, fighting for just fighting those guys who are fighting his buddies, and well, and it was more of a balanced performance from what i'm used to seeing from him which is just to sort of be the comedic sidekick right he you could see him as a soldier and there was even that scene where he threw everybody off of one soldier like yeah. he was the hulk in yeah. that scene and threw and that and scared him with a f- apple, and, apple bomb bomb yeah. and get out of here up. yeah <laughs> like i this is maybe my favorite role i've ever seen him play like friar tuck maybe sure. it's hard to beat but like yeah. this was uh and he looked great with that crew cut. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really loved him. You know, and then there was the three white guys that all looked the same, like sure. in the yeah. first one. German looking, so Just some go. handsome German boys um, interchangeably walking around. I also want to compliment the, when Von Hagen, 
their commander, their captain, whom they all love. Mustache. Yeah, they love to follow. He looks, to me, the most like I've ever seen a human being look like a 1930s poster art in (laughs) real life. Yeah. Like, you're looking at a man's face, but somehow it's a painting also or a a sculpture. Is this the guy who gave the speech at the end? No, the guy no, with the little mustache he's who's the their one who got, uh, like, commander. The, he got the telegram saying that the war was over, but yeah. he just told the guy to go. To and go then at the end, sleep. he's the one who shoots. Uh, ah, yes, 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 yes. Captain bullshit. Yes, Von Hagen. Yes, yes, yeah, yes. I really liked when they're back home uh, from everything, and he dim- dismisses them. They do this shot where the crowd becomes larger, but everyone who has fallen Terrific. is transparent. Yes. Loved that, yeah. Uh, so that was really company, inspired. you see the but there's only like 12 yeah. of them left. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I really loved that. So it definitely had stuff throughout, and I did find the trial interesting. Yes. Uh, it felt very haze I was like, does he not have yeah. a lawyer? How did it work in the 30s? I don't fucking know. I mean, know. probably in Germany, it's different. Germany yeah, that's in not the kind of trial we're used to seeing. Right. But oh, that's what I wanted to, speaking of, that shot with all the soldiers. Yeah. Some of the special effects shot Frankenstein director makes sense. Like the mm-hmm. opening crawl with the title. Oh, yeah, the yeah. crawl was awesome. It was yeah. it was very it's, it was just like a Star Wars style like opening crawl and credits thing, but seeing it in 1930. Well, and I'm sure the way they made it had something to do with it. It looked it's like, like a hand crank, hand crank with 3D blocked yeah. woods. Yeah. yeah. Really fucking good. And then there yeah. was the shot where um so the boys are getting off a train back at the city. Oh, yeah. And yeah. you can just tell it's cardboard sets and they're moving or, or flats and they're moving the camera up through it as they come out. Yeah. And it's it's not like a super impressive shot, but again for 1930 yeah. to do something like that, you can tell they had to do all this tricky work yeah mm-hmm. especially with it. like pulling focus and there was two really cool crane shots mm-hmm. near the yeah. end whenever mm-hmm. like the, the the crowd was like rushing all around yeah germining yeah. all around yeah. <laughs> i was worried about the youtube watch in the beginning when we were in the war because yeah. all black was just black yeah was just like, was what really is happening difficult but to follow. eventually it, it you know it, yeah. it it got back to the city and that and that went away. But I I suppose so it's like it's not certainly not to say that there's nothing interesting to talk about from this era of history post war, uh, before the next war. There's of course interesting things to say. But it is there is a little bit of a like what are you saying with this one exactly? So yeah, who are those, yeah. The 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 growing revolutionaries at home. Right. So that yeah. who is that? So that is they are overthrowing the government, the Kaiser, and before the Nazi party came in to take over, there was a brief attempt at democracy in ah. Germany, the Weimar Republic. Weimar Republic, I'm not sure how to pronounce it. But the idea was the loss of World War One and the embarrassment that was felt culturally was, it's your fault. That's why they also hated all the commanders mm-hmm. and the, you know lieutenants and stuff that came back where it was like, we're done with you. You led us to defeat. We want something else. We so it was just sort of like a clamoring for a move forward. How do we fix? Because what I thought was interesting about, again, not really knowing what position the movie is taking yeah. until the very, very end. Mm-hmm. But this this crowd of revolutionaries seems to be kind of ineffective or disruptive. Like that, I'm thinking of that scene where they have um, Friar Tuck and... The guy in the little hat and mustache, and he's like, "Well, what are we doing here?" And he's like, "We're coming just so they can send oh, us away." And he's like, "Hilarious! What guy. the hell? Yeah. Why are we here?" And he's like, "Well, yeah. what would you what did do? you expect?" Right. Yeah. And I just felt yeah. it really felt like a takedown of like 
centrist or liberalism that's like, well, we'll just sit here and let them know and then go home again. Yeah. And he's like, are we throwing bricks or what? You guys yeah. fought me when I got here. Uh, yeah. But because we don't know enough about history, I was like, I don't know. I don't know what position anyone's taking. Sure. Right. Except that the soldier seems to not like this guy. Right. And I agree because they're just standing there. But <laughs> I don't know if I want them to do anything else yet. Yeah, it did seem to be because far as I know, historically, the Nazis weren't are, are not present in this film right it is That's just taking wondering. down the state <clears throat> and the state is taking the position of we're not going to let you you know what i mean and sure. it's sort of, sort, of, sort of like understandable on both sides just like the place is messed up right currently that yeah. war just happened because like you know? i'm all for throwing bricks at the government but i was like yeah. wait hang on are these are these the first nazis right. i need, to, I need yeah. to know who i'm cheering for right i have something specific i want to get to about the trial because I would say that is treated as though it is the climax of the film and somehow the all encompassing message comes there. Mm -hmm. But I don't know that that (laughs) feels correct. But before I get there, I will say that, okay, so writer's notes in this movie novel by Eric Maria remark screenplay by Charles Kenyon, who wrote strange journey and crack up. Don't know him. RC sheriff who wrote the invisible man and goodbye, Mr. Chips. So Doing cool stuff back then. R.C. Sheriff? R.C. Sheriff. <laughs> uh, I think he did. He had the first pass, and I'll get into Charles Kenyon in just a bit. Our director, James Whale. Ooh. We know him. Uh, we love him. I love him. Yeah. 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 And he, you know, is a transgressive guy, or at least that's how he li- would have liked to play things. Sure. In this case, Universal Pictures was threatened with a boycott of all their films by the German government unless the anti-Nazi sentiments in the script were watered down. Because the book, very anti-Nazi. Good. Nice. Absolutely. (laughs) But the Nazis were around back then. The war hadn't started yet, but it was like, it was was Nazi time. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, but at this point, Carl Lamley and his son, Carl Lamley Jr., the former heads of Universal had recently been ousted by a corporate takeover. Uh, They stood up for the sentiments of the first movie. With them gone, the new studio heads, fearing financial loss, caved in to Nazi pressure, ah. and the film was partially reshot with another director, not James Whale. Ooh. The remainder was extensively re-edited, leaving it a pale shadow of Whale's original intentions. Bummer. And writer Charles Kenyon was brought in to interject the script with comedy scenes mm. between Andy Devine and Slim Somerville Jodden. I see. So that all that stuff... For that. Yes. Um... Disgusted with the studio's cowardice, Whale left Universal. Whoa. But then came back. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, all right. (laughs) Yeah. And supposedly in Gods and Monsters, which I haven't watched yet. I really want to watch it. I was going to bring it up. But Ian McKellen, as James Whale, speaks of his hatred of the road back, and he had intended for it to be his crowning achievement of his career, but it was fucked. Because watching that that courtroom scene... It did very much feel like, oh, I see what they're doing. And then people would start saying certain things and you yeah. go, is this state propaganda? This yeah. feels, I can't put my finger on it, but it just felt a little bit like someone was subtly kind of like saying the right stuff, but subtly edging me around to the other side of the table. Yeah. Yeah. And it really, especially with that. Right. Because it's hard to 1930s say. 1930s guy. I agree with. That he should have murdered that man. Right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Okay. So what happens is one of the soldiers, the white handsome soldiers, that who's Albert, he has a girl that he was engaged to. 
before he left the war? He he during he the war, seemed to think she was his, his main well, they squeeze. Were, they were engaged. Were they they engaged? do say that. Okay. Yeah, they do say that they're engaged. So he comes back. They go to a romantic dinner. At this romantic dinner, she it is gaslights revealed. him. Yeah, she does. So she's hard. something else. Yeah. I'll tell you what. Uh, and she was half naked. Yeah. <laughs> a cool dress, though. Very cool Yeah, very dress. nice dress. I really liked that dress. Yeah. Um, She's a looker. Yeah. So she does a bunch of, like, shady stuff in their conversation, has lied to him that right. she hasn't been to this restaurant She's like, oh, I hope I like it. She has, because she was taken up. there by someone else. He said, mm. well, you didn't. Mm. You, so you didn't tell me but because you, you didn't tr- want me to know. But you to make me think that. Like, I'd right. never seen a conversation like that in a movie that old before. Mm, it was right. really interesting. And she's just keeps going, I don't like jealous guys. Or I don't with, like people with her, that yeah. are jealous. coquettish little smile. Like, yeah. oh, relax. I don't want to talk. Let's dance. So she does a bunch of that. And then later in the film, toward the end, it turns out, <laughs> they're at a club and he sees her there with a, a rich, very drunk man. Yeah. Which we never see her in this scene. You do, because that's do? when you see the dress. Before she she's like moving around, before they even get there, she's in the club and she's got that little like shawl thing she's moving oh, around with I her miss dress. That I think I did too. Oh, it's cool. Okay. It's a cool dress. So she, we do see her. We don't necessarily specifically see her go into that booth. Hayes code. But we do see that she's there. Right. Okay. Uh, then they arrive and then they see this guy with the actively spilling bottles of champagne in his hand and it is blah 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 you hear her giggling uh, it is implied that they're in this booth together behind the curtain mm-hmm. he goes in and shoots that guy who they say is a profiteer he made mm-hmm. bullets and, and profited right. off oh the just war. tents just tents yeah. just harm this old tent He's yeah give us you can one. give it you can get a tent yeah so i don't agree that it's okay that that man the official position of the follow-up showdown is that you cannot shoot people in the club even if you're mad at them yeah (laughs) that's what we say i'm glad we all agree (laughs) having said that yeah i do think there is an interesting point made that how dare you send us to war not to kill strangers yes for for a cause that we don't necessarily even believe in or know about with no road back when we come home to be people again they want to make that point like you didn't tell us you just gave us revolver as boys and we don't know what to do with ourselves now it's hard i think especially from a modern lens to see that part of it which is like i don't agree with what she does Right. right but she is a person and can live her life we're allowed to be yeah like shitty and make mistakes without fear of Right. Uh, murder. murder. PTSD, you <laughs> right. know, 21-year-old shooting us with the revolver he brought into mm-hmm. everywhere he goes with him. Right. So that shouldn't have been allowed, for sure. Like, regulation-wise, yeah. but I, shouldn't I, be allowed I, currently. Like... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and even at his own trial, he's kind of given up because he's like, when he shoots that guy, he's basically going like, okay, I don't know how to live in society anymore. I only know how to live in war. I'm going to shoot this guy and then I'm going to go to trial for it because I'm just done figuring out what I'm supposed to do. Right. He doesn't want to say anything on his behalf. He doesn't defend himself. His head's down a lot of the time. And they even try to get him to leave the club after he shoots him. And he goes, no, I know what I I know what I did. Yeah. 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 So it is very interesting, but I don't know that the point of the film lands because of it. I can't remember what it is, but there is something in that sequence, something that people are saying. That every time I'm like, oh, nice, interesting. Mm-hmm. They start saying stuff and I go, ah, this feels, again, feels there's like a lot propaganda of, there, Well, there's a lot of blaming of the woman. You know, the, the sure. calling her a harlot and a whore. Well, you it's know. you little rat. <laughs> yeah. 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 It is the 30s. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But it's perfectly okay for Jodden to hoodwink his way into a marriage <laughs> 
and Ooh. steal the father-in-law's company because he, he's funny. Uh, that guy's just funny. Getting held in, fined yeah. in contempt of court and just paying, <laughs> yeah, just paying the stenographer. That I liked, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that money was from a shitty <laughs> from like, the lies source, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, but then also, at, at, so at the, after the end of this whole trial, and they figure out all this out, and you're just you have all these pieces, and you get to feel however you want about it. They step outside. I don't know who they is. A lady, Elsa and Ernst, Elsa the and- lead character, and his betrothed, who we knew to be the sister of the other soldier with dysentery, Ludwig. Sure, who is fine. I guess second half of the movie. Good, uh, great. Yeah, I'm not. I don't want to die. Uh, but oh, that's what felt so weird and propagandy. Because you have this whole great trial, and then these two clowns step outside, yeah. all smiles, giddy, happy. Well, making a speech about how, or maybe war is bad, but it well, but though it's peace. Th- that part of the arc is that he comes home ready to be with her, and then is like, "I can't be with you. I need to figure my shit out." Right. And then she's like, oh, and then she sees him at the trial and he's still like upset. And she's like, oh, <laughs> and then after the trial, she's there waiting for him and he's all smiles. Right. It is So her position is really interesting because then she's like, I'm glad you said what you said, because now I understand completely what you went through. Yeah. And now we can have peace forever. Right. It was and a very nice like, little bow on yeah. World War One and trauma and, and then shell they show shock. like clips from world war ii right so the point that's, seems which to is be a little that, confusing to me that we're still doing it we're still What's making the same again? mistakes oh. this no... was so horrific and yeah. here we are it's ramping up again okay. yeah here's all these headlines here's the growing war we all know how bad this is and i liked that because yeah. we had the trial sort of making the more complicated point of what happens to the people who have to fight the fucking war yeah and then there was a little speech about how for glory and peace. Yeah. And then right at the end, they were like, but seriously. Oh, yeah, because of men like you, we won't ever be in, at war again, is yeah. what she yeah. says. But it is interesting to make her the character that's sort of the, she is like the personification of the like, let's sweep it under the rug. Let's ignore it. I just want to move on. Mm-hmm. But she's wrong. You right. know what I mean? Right, like right. It, it, it was a, an odd, but interesting choice. That is kind of what women had to do. Sure. They still do. Today, but like back in the day, you know, like their men came home from the war traumatized sure. and probably beat them. And you're not like, allowed what, what to have a job. Do? Yeah, they're like, oh, well, you're let, not married we'll by just 20. ignore it and pretend like it's okay. Yeah. Well, but it, I would say Ernst's parents, his mother, there's some interesting scenes there where she's like, well, you need to go downstairs because your father wants to have a good long talk about war. And he's like, I got to go out. Right. You know yeah. what I, mean? I don't want to talk about war. But like you watch her carrying around this pain and stifling the fact that she knows better because it's like her role in society. She can't do anything else but be like, my heart's broken all the time. I'm just so glad you're home versus I mean, and I guess Elsa's just young and doesn't understand. And maybe that's part of it. And she didn't have to go through it. But I just her position is very, very specific and interesting to I, say, it, like, it does feel like sexism behind the camera hmm. as well as Hayes Code interference. Right. All like, the women are to blame. True. Yeah. Except the mom. M- mothers are sacred. Mothers are sacred. Right. Yeah. Except yeah. for the one who gets shot. Because it, it'd be one thing if like it felt like she really was trying to understand him, which I think she does, at least as a character, think she is. But definitely the point they seem to be putting on it is like, she's just trying to breeze past this. Well, also consider that in 19, even in 1937, society didn't understand right. what they went through. So we, you know, we didn't know what PTSD was. We called it shell shock. World right. War One had a really specific yeah. kind of PTSD. It was the first time 
humanity had sort of like been able to put itself in that situation with that much noise and clatter and gas and horror and machinery. So when these like basically farm children came back from the hell future, um, I have a, a British friend and she years ago is the one who told turned me on to like world war one stuff because in america we don't super know Mm -hmm. um in england they do super know Uh um and she's gen x so she you know she can remember seeing like world war one vets with like missing limbs and stuff when she was a little girl yeah um and she turned me on to world war one poetry which is very very heartbreaking poetry to read Mm. um and we also watched this i don't remember the name of it it's on youtube good luck a documentary about um, World War One vets and the discovering of shell shock and the different kinds that they would go through and what it did. There would be people who would like go blind yeah. from nothing, you know, just from trauma. Yeah, right. People who would like be trembling and shaking their whole lives. Some like one because there's like actual versions of it that people would get like genres almost. Mm. And one was sort of like wind like blowing Mm -hmm. wind they were like always constantly like leaning and fighting through nothing it's just because the human mind at 17 is not designed to be bombed in a muddy trench with no food for four years yeah and then when you go home everyone's like hi don't mention it they're irish everyone's irish when you come back yeah (laughs) all right well so then before we move into unsung heroes i'm just gonna go over one note on other sequels we've already talked about the remakes Mm. between 1930 and 1932 universal produced a series of comedy shorts starring slim somerville sure which had military themes and scenes filmed on the sets from all quiet on the western front Mm. so perhaps the popularity of those also pushed for like make him funny yeah. Everybody knows he's funny in the trenches. There were some really like good lines in this movie where you oh, were I like, wrote one "Whoa!" I wrote one. Down. I think we probably wrote on the same, the one. same one. The one I have is like, like I, th- I think whenever they get home and he was like, "How come I don't feel better?" And the guy's like, "Perhaps it's because today is so terribly close to yesterday." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, in the Whoa. second one, yeah, 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 yeah. One, yeah. I can't believe no one's going to die tonight. Yeah, yeah. yeah there was another scene. line too that I was like, "Oh, I'll remember that." Yeah, I don't. There's a it number really of good, good ones. Yeah. And I do wonder if they're from the original script. Or the novel, probably. probably Maybe, yeah. yeah. Oh, right, that right. makes sense. Um, oh, yeah, and in the second, yeah. the, the the they have soldiers sitting around having conversations about who's starting the war and why and what it means. And one guy even says, like, something to the effect of, like, I don't think it's any of those reasons. I think people just get a fever. Oh. And then... Mm-hmm all of a sudden everyone's at war they don't necessarily want it they just it just catches they sort of they get angry they get afraid something catches everyone gets this fever scene i think actually yeah yeah and that is very much how it you know having lived through a couple of sure swells of whatever it does feel like that where all of a sudden everyone is just going like boo i'm mad i hate this toby keith and then we're just in war and everyone you talk to seems to be against it in some ways even when it's not all-out war that is like right that now. happens all the time yeah. Yeah. with people uh, they, they they join against right. you know what i mean it's a us versus them mentality seems to people seem to believe it helps at least enough that it keeps happening people over love over to again. feel like they belong well yeah. sure so they absolutely they pile on board with so something you don't they feel identified right. yeah and right. they also they are you know like if you like in in uh, the road back those revolutionaries all had signs that were like we don't have any food we're hungry right. or whatever hungry. and i know that world war ii like the nazis rose to power by saying like, you know why you don't have anything right these people these people have. yeah and then and then etc so so yeah. when you see stuff like that going on again now like you said even without an actual like boots on the ground war yeah it does feel like there's a fever out there yeah okay Let's do Unsung no, Heroes. I don't, I don't think I, I have, have one so for the second many. one. I know. Hit it, Paul Jr. 
unsung hero. So in the first one, uh-huh. there is a scene in a tavern at the midway point where everyone's like drinking and having a good time. And that's the scene where they're talking to the girl on the poster and stuff. Mm-hmm. And there's this guy dead center. I don't know what was supposed to happen or what he thought was going to happen or what. But he just he picks up his mug mid song and he like raises it like he's going to slam it down on the mm-hmm. table in front of someone else. But he just kind of raises it. And then slowly drops it down and then just kind of fades back into the crowd. Well, that's interesting. And I wouldn't yeah. have noticed maybe, but it, again, it was dead center. It looked like he like this is the part of the song where we all go, oh, just I, me. Yeah, because there is some good beer sloshing and yeah. messes being made in that scene for sure. Merry making being Merry made. Felt like he was like, yeah. I'm going I'm to do this on camera and it's going to be. And then halfway through, like, ah, yeah, you get yelled at Fritz. For the first one, I thought it was a little funny. It was like the guy in the hospital bed who's bandaged except for his eye. And yeah. the guy like comes over and dies next to him. And he kind of just is like <laughs> freaking out a little bit. Yeah. And like, that's not funny when you describe it. But whenever I saw him, I was like, I like this guy. I get it. But yeah. if it was on a Seinfeld yeah. episode. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. There'd be a laugh track. There'd be the building. Yeah. Easy. Freeze frame on the guy freaking out. Doctor. Yeah. For the first one, I have Guy who has to get out of the way of the troops into the flower stand. The very beginning, uh, before we're even in the classroom, there's just like a parade of go to war happening. The implication seems to be like, move out of the way. You know what I mean? War's coming. Trampling the flowers of your society. Yeah. And there's a man who literally has to go, whoa, whoa, (laughs) into a flower stand to move out of the way. I don't remember Um, him. And then I also have great dead acting from German sh- soldier. Yeah. I'm sure I had someone in mind specifically. I don't really... I watched this one... Oh, not like, the guy in the hole who he kills? Well, that's a French It's a pretty soldier. sung sold, uh, hero. Fair enough. I mean, yeah. Fair but enough. But there's... I must have been one someone on their side, and they were dead there for a while, and it looked... Just killing it. Yeah. It's hard. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the only I think the only other time I've said this was the dead acting in Frankenstein, the little girl. Like, but it was oh, that yeah. level was of like, whoa. Yeah. And then for the second one, I've got like, I got I went crazy. Uh, with unsung heroes. Does anybody have? I, I can't. Recall I swear I had one, but one. I cannot. I didn't write it down like a yutz. So this isn't a you know a character. Jaden's oh, like actually, when I, I wasn't used one. to how funny he was yet. Yeah, his sleepy time routine the at little, the beginning, putting the, putting the, oh, the yeah. pan away, that was bending cute. the spoon, putting the thing yeah. on, one little puff of a cigarette. Like <laughs> yeah. that, that was really funny. I uh, do remember it, my unsung hero for the second one. I can't yeah. remember what he was doing, but there was a guy who had like the sassiest face. It was right yeah. before I think it was right before the whole like riot was about to start, where like the mother gets shot. Like, yeah. there's this guy who just, like, there's, like, he says something to one of the main guys, and there's just a shot of him, and he just, like, yeah. just, like, doing, like, a, a silly face, and, um... For the listeners, Lauren is doing a silly face. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, uh, he's very unsung, because no one remembers him. Silly face guy. Well, I, she made my list, and then I took her off, because she ended up being really a pointed point. Heinrich's, I thought wife, but I guess mother. Mm. The woman who gets shot. The, oh, you yeah. know. But... Her line about like, you want to hang something? Come home and hang the toilet paper. <laughs> Shut up. Like that was funny. And then it was tragic. It was very, so very I was like, sad. okay, well, forget that. I, she sung. <laughs> she died. Also, I, the informative guy at the town meeting, he was just hilarious to me. They're like, well, what'd you expect? 
the guy you talked to that's talking to Andy Devine, he's like, why are they doing it? And he's like, oh, well, oh what else oh, would oh, you oh. expect? Right. And then at the end of the scene, he makes like a I think that, I think that's the guy I was yeah. talking about. For yeah. the listeners, yeah. Paul made a silly face. Same, same type of face, yes. That I think face that, is, that is the guy, yeah. Yeah. I liked him. Yeah. There was a moment toward the beginning where they, before they go into the tent where they're told the Treaty of Versailles has been signed, man tells them like, you have till tomorrow morning to agree, mm. right? You know, remember this scene? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I couldn't tell, I'm just pointing this out because I couldn't tell because of the YouTube if I was missing a detail as to why they said this, but there's a dialogue right before they go into that scene where they go, I was told we're meeting at Marshall Faust's headquarters. You are at Marshall Faust's headquarters. And then they go in and it's like, why? <laughs> what? <laughs> like, but what? I tell you, in 1937, the Marshall Faust crowd lost it at that line. <laughs> yeah. They love a good Marshall Faust's headquarters joke. <laughs> I was wondering if it was supposed to be like because it was ratty and he expected something grand. I couldn't see hmm. at all sure. what the mystery was. Right. So. And there's also a problem with with watching movies this old, particularly one set in an even older time in another country. Yeah, it's just sort of like culturally, sure, there's stuff that's not going to get through the filter. Yeah, uh, the dog obviously was cute. Wish there was more Love of it. The dog. Yeah, um, I liked that little moment of like, hey, don't you two start? That's how this war got started <laughs> between the dogs. Yeah, I liked the kid with the cap. Who Jaden stole his cap? Yeah, and then they beat him up. Go to <laughs> they the beat school, up yeah. Jaden. The, hey, give me my yeah. cap! And then Andy Devine pushed him, and then the kid kicked him in the butt. That was I was really glad funny. that because what an obnoxious yeah. like this guy's got to go to school. He yeah. doesn't want to. He's a soldier. There's kids there. Don't make fun of him because you conned a rich lady. Yeah, I'm glad that twelve year old beat you up. Yeah, that was funny. <laughs> also, that same sequence led to a lot of these Leopold, who was the guy sitting next to. Willie, Andy Devine, Leopold. the guy who kept, he kept elbowing. I love yeah. those. I love that, those two together. That was really funny. And uh, and then the guy who got called up for the pen knife because he was giving him back all their prankster stuff from that, when they were oh. kids. That was cute. The guy who had no line, but just got his pen knife and then turned to camera looking at it. Like, <laughs> like, so happy to have it back. Wait, so that scene, I want to talk about that scene. Yeah. Because they all go back to school. And yeah, the headmaster is passing out the their childhood con- contraband. Yeah. Um, and it's it's delightful and it's charming and heartbreaking, especially when they get to the the scene where he offers up the jacks or whatever. And he's like, where's so-and-so? And oh, the guy's yeah. like, he's in the insane asylum. This yeah. isn't cute for us. Yeah. And I was like, I'll get it to him. Yeah. But also, like, when he first gets there and the, the, the professor and some got some like scholars. Like the headmaster or something. Yeah. Or, yeah. They're making, of course, their speech about the triumphant return of the heroes and the glory. And the soldiers are just getting mad. And finally, the guy stands up and he was like, I, I hate to break in, but like. We were there. Yeah. We don't really, this isn't how it was to us. Do you mind if we just move on with the work? And a very yeah. polite sort of shutdown. Yeah. Um, and then everyone is like, oh, yep. <clears throat> yeah. Sorry. <clears throat> good, yeah. Good day to you. And we'll, and now the depressing passing out of the toys. Yeah. 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 Good. Yeah. Yeah, that was a good scene. There's good stuff yeah. in the movie. Maybe just don't, you could cut Jodden out probably and yeah. just be like this is a different movie about a different story right. and i'm i'm like yeah. great okay yeah i just think fundamentally as we've all said it just doesn't shouldn't have a sequel right yeah i'm glad i watched it. i'm sure we all ran into that problem with our pitches well we'll see because it's pitch time <laughs> typically when there's like a difficult sequel pitch yeah i find that usually refines us into some really interesting sure good agreed pitch. not so in this case with me this one it's just well i also think the added difficulty here is there's it's so dependent on history yeah 
in this very specific case of yeah. where was Germany post World War One, pre World War Two, <laughs> it's a box, you know. And most uh, of your characters so most, yeah. are dead. Right. The ones who aren't dead, you don't know who they are because everyone looks kind of the same except Cat we'll and Popeye. But everyone else just kind of looks like Lee Apollo to me. Right. And Cat dies. Right. So you just got so, John. Who? Yeah. John. John. The guy who made it to the second one. Popeye. Yeah. Popeye, sure. Slim Slim Somerville. I really liked John in the first one a lot. The yeah. use of him was very good, and he didn't strike me so much as just a silly sack as he did a different type of guy. Just a normal guy. Who would yeah. be in war and who isn't as slick or smart as these He's others. A little funny, a little yeah. but like yeah, everyone's pretty normal. Yeah. He was a very he and Kat were an excellent duo. Yeah. Of of types. Yeah. Um, Real honeymooners vibe. And I also quite liked that you the last time you saw him, Paul was returning. And so he was just so happy to see someone he knew because everybody else was gone. And John's just there to inform him, well, here's why everybody's gone. Right. But Kat's still there. And then Paul's like, oh, Kat, the one I like? Not you? I'm out. You know? <laughs> and then John's just kind of left there like, oh, man. <laughs> that's <laughs> you know, fair like, yeah exactly that's like, pretty cool we're gonna have favorites and this guy wasn't one of them he oh, so there's like some relief of oh it's you i know you but an- no, you're not. another sad thing we didn't talk yeah. about when we were talking about cat dying yeah is because you know of course or not of course as i glean from war movies and mash mm. there's not necessarily a and because of the times a a system in place for like when this is all over we'll still talk Right. Because, of course, we're only talking now because they made me come kill people in this country. Right. I don't necessarily, I'll talk to you now and like you even, but I don't need you in my life. Right. Unless you have, like, a good, good war buddy and then you exchange addresses and whatever, which is what they did. It's the only time in the movie you see two characters talk about being together or connecting after the war who didn't show up together. Um, And, like, a real war friendship. Like, almost as if to say, this is a good thing that can come from this night. Sure. This connection, Real this connection. Bond, these deep friendships, trauma bonding, but still bonding. Yeah. Still deep friendships. Um, but then to also immediately take that away. Right. You, know, you don't get that. And then he dies, you know, a couple scenes later anyway. Right. And then in road back, because we start with the war ending, you know, these guys are going to make it because they only have to make it a few <laughs> scenes. <laughs> So it's like those four guys get to have each other the whole movie. And yeah. it does seem to be like a cast at home. Like, all right, well, we all snuck out of our <laughs> of our uh, family's places because, you know, we're the only ones who can connect. So it did. See, it, it seemed less pointed in that way. Like they did have each other in every scene. You right. know what I mean? They went through it all together. Right, all right, the, right, right, right. You know, and the horrors, yeah, are yeah. behind them. And obviously I hated that Willie killed that chicken. Oh, but it fit his barbarian character. And, and not, yeah. not, not just his barbarian character, but yeah. also just like that's what you did. We saw him be starving for for killing right, rats for right. food. He saw a chicken. Right. And, and they like, set up him trying to shoot the goose. Right. In the beginning. You know, so yeah. like, yes, us civilized people understand. Don't go grabbing chickens out of yeah. other people's boxes. Yeah. Please stick to the gooses and the rats like you're used to. Yeah. Nice. Ah, Thank you. Wow. Nailed it. Yeah. Lauren coming in hot. As far as an order goes, I want Lauren last because she never goes last. Okay. So you pick the other, the rest. Well, I'll go first. Great. Well, kid, now we're going to be separated. I don't have a title. 
Okay. I forgot to come up with the title. I was going. All quiet on the Western Front too. I was going. To, I thought about using. Frontier. Yeah. Um, today is so terribly near to yesterday as a cheat title right. because it doesn't really make it. We'll call. It, we'll say that's it says the title. Poetic. It's yeah. It fits. I'm not thrilled with my title. Oh, I, oh, I'm sorry. I did come up with the title. Uh, it was just beneath that line. All right. I'm gonna say it's part of my charm. Yeah. Um, it's not a good title Dude. though. It's the great one. It's a double meaning. Okay. Um. So it's gonna start at the same time All's Quiet on the Western Front does. Okay. Okay, but we're starting in England with Malcolm. Okay. Malcolm enrolls for king and country and also a woman called Claudia enrolls mm. in the war. Lips stiff and thinking of England, he goes off to the trenches for glory. His marksmanship shows itself early and he rises quickly through the ranks, earning himself the nickname of Wanner. You can even hear the farm equipment and military gear now in the distant <laughs> background. Yeah. <laughs> But the more he is celebrated, the more hollow he feels, as it gets him no closer to ending the war, going home, and the glory rings quieter and quieter. Then the gas starts. Also, not a lot of gas in these movies. Gas was a pretty big deal in World War One. Then the they gas starts. They didn't mention starts. it in Roadback. Well, don't interrupt. <laughs> <laughs> Malcolm is more and more seen with his gas mask on. We see his humanity drift away also in the letters he writes back home to his would-be girl. He misses the green grass and the pear trees and the butterflies. They only have horseflies in the war. Mm. He eventually stops writing Claudia, a girl whose face he no longer remembers clearly. He fights for a place that feels less like home than the trenches he's been in for years. As he muses to himself about what he has become and who he was, across no man's land, by the enemy's trenches, he sees a butterfly. Ooh! Hmm. Um, and that's... Okay. <laughs> And because for he is the man who kills <laughs> oh, Paul at the end, so it's just okay. base. It's such a tricky. Yeah, thing. yeah, But yeah, basically, yeah. I wanted to do. He sees a man reaching yeah, for the, uh, the, the All right, the great. same what you lose in war, but just for the other side because it's all the same. Sure. That's the point. That's that's me. terrific. So just how to come at the fucking no, movie like. Just tell that guy's story, and then we get, and then you know, then sure. that's, and then he fucking kills our other guy, and then we sort of see that like there's no winners in war. Hmm. Same message. Fun surprise. Yeah. I like it. I like yeah. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. That's good. Good, good luck. Good, good luck yeah. to the rest. Come on, dish it out. So, Jaden, our single survivor, is our main character. And we're going to erase, hopefully, Jaden from Roadback. Because you is... wrote this before you watched it. Yes. Okay. So, this is Jaden as we knew him. Still kind of goofy, but a regular Regular guy. goofy. Yeah. yeah. So, Jaden survives through the end of the war. On the train ride home, there is a brief stop in Switzerland where he meets eyes with a lovely seeming woman in the station bar. Before he can build up the courage to go talk to her, he's called back to board the train again. He cheers as her, downs his drink, and leaves. She waves goodbye, wishing there'd been a hello. Nice. The movie is about him finding himself in a home he no longer recognizes. The whole country is depressed and looking for a new way forward. We see they're overthrowing the Kaiser and their brief attempt at becoming a democracy under the Weimar Republic. John doesn't wish to be involved in such things, but can't escape it, as it is all that seems to be on anyone's mind. While the soldiers are technically honored and celebrated by their fellow countrymen, this, like everything else, is a flimsy band-aid on top of a gaping and infected wound. Mm. John can't seem to connect with anybody, including his own family. He spends a lot of times in bars and taverns talking to the ghost of his war buddy, Cats, 
a projection in his head whose familiarity helps him cling to what's left of his sanity. I like that. So it's a lot of them. I buddy. like that. Yeah. see more cats. Yeah. In one of their interactions, a drunk Jodden emphasizes how good it is to be with his friend who always takes care of him. Katz responds, I ain't even really here. They'll come. You don't remember me well enough to keep me here. You got to learn how to take care of yourself. The main action of the movie is centered around Jodden's ongoing relationship with a psychologist, Dr. Albrecht Colin Clive. Dr. Frankenstein. Ah, okay. Thank you who is helping him to cope with the widely unrecognized PTSD, then known as shell shock, that he is dealing with. The doctor encourages him to take proper time and steps to process things and to pursue whatever stimuli he finds that bring about a sense of peace and or happiness. A handful of these sessions lead into war flashbacks as John recounts some of his darkest and lightest moments in the war. There's also a scene in which Dr. Albrecht shows an interest in talking to the cat specter, and does so through Jodden. So there's a scene where they're all in the room, but Jodden is, you know. He's got the cat's puppet. Sure, right. Yeah. <laughs> At the climax of the movie, Dr. Albrecht is disbarred for his radical methods of therapy after refusing to diagnose his veteran patients with the generally accepted declaration of hysteria, mm. as was a woman's the time. disease. Correct. Jodden comes in for his appointment to find that he has been assigned to a new doctor. The door opens. We see a man every inch a cantoric, the teacher from oh, the beginning oh, of All Quiet and Wizard no. From. Jodden starts to go in, but is gently stopped by cats. The friends share a look that is interrupted by the new doctor calling him inside. When he looks back, cats has disappeared. Oh! Jodden walks in. In session, he is declared unpatriotic, lazy, and selfish. He's told that pity and charity are effeminate. He is assured he'll be given groundbreaking new procedures. They include a fake surgery, then hypnosis. Eventually, he is told that the only proper treatment for him is to join the workforce. He is put into a grueling factory job where the conditions are barbaric. Eventually, Germany falls under the spell of a charismatic and monstrous new leader. I won't tell you who. And is plunged into a new war that Jodden is more or less forced to sign up for. Jeez. As he sits in a uniform in uniform in a truck filled with fellow soldiers being taken to the front, he miserably ponders his fate. Cut to the psychologist's office. The door opens and the new doctor awaits. This time, Jodden leaves. We cut ahead to years later. Jodden is living on a farm in Switzerland with his wife, the woman from the bar, and their new child. It's not a particularly happy day. The baby won't stop crying. Jodden's wife doesn't feel well and is after him to pull his weight and take care of things around the house. She questions his competency as a farmer, listing all the things he claims to have fixed that don't work. And yet he smiles. (laughs) She is beautiful. Their baby is beautiful. He picks up the crying child and takes it outside so that his wife may more easily rest. The crying finally stops. The land is beautiful. And the quiet. Oh, the quiet. He reflects on everything he has. We're back in the caravan headed to the front where Jodden stews in hopeless regret. The screen splits to also show him on the farm in Switzerland. Eventually, these two moments are juxtaposed on top of each other. And this is called To Survive Is Not To Live. Ooh. Damn. Yeah. So he didn't fix any of that stuff for her? He just went outside? <laughs> it's not what she wanted, Jodden. <laughs> Well, he did. It's a joke, Paul. I don't need an answer. <laughs> that's uh, great. That's terrific. That's very yeah. good. Very good. 
Good luck, Lauren. Okay, now my turd of a pitch. Wow. Third pitch. <laughs> turd. For last. <laughs> turd for <Okay>. last. <laughs> Mine's really The short. turd and final pitch. Yeah. Please. You must speak to them. You must tell them what it means to serve your fatherland. After meeting the German soldiers, the three ladies from across the creek are inspired to do their part to put an end to the war by organizing a group, like mostly women. They march and collect other interested ladies wherever they can find them. They continue to organize peaceful protests, collect good goods donations to feed and support those impacted by the war. <laughs> That's kind of all I have. But they they, they just um they're just inspired they like, hey this is bullshit. Um we're just all people. There's obviously we're no these Germans are no different from us French ladies. Hmm. And so they just are trying to do their part and help and that you know like I said there's like no women in the movie, really. So I thought it'd be nice to see women in the war doing stuff. Yeah. Um, and that's really yeah. That's all I have. Is that the title? It's called <laughs> Gires of War. Are you... What's what's that? Gires? Because the Gire is war. It's like a play on Gears of War. Oh. oh. <laughs> Are you saying a the very French word with a Spanish accent? Yes. I don't, oh, okay. I don't know French. <laughs> anyway, which one of you two pictures of war? Because I was looking, I was like, does that title mean Wars of War? Yeah. Oh, well, that makes sense, though. World yeah. Wars of War. It was, it was yeah, the... Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, also, I wanted yeah. to... My Mine is called The One... The, the great, great one, because it's one. the great war. The great but also, war. he wants to be the great, the great one, one hero, and I his nickname that. is Wanner because he's a one shot. I got all of it. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. all right, all right. Just make yeah, sure. It was make perfect. Sure. Yeah, it was great. Great. I like the title. I liked. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Hey, these pitches were pretty good. Yeah, yeah two I, of them were. No, I do think. <laughs> no, I, I, I think you did because I don't think we never. I don't think any of us ever have nothing. So I Thank think you. not since Congo. It's hard to stop it, but I think we should stop being like. My pitch. Did I do Be- that? No, no, no. I, I could right. have. I could. No, I could have just yeah. fleshed mine out more because I like the idea. It sure. did feel a little bit similar to the music of the heart, but um, which one? Which one? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> that is the point. The great. Uh, one. Yeah. That will not be the case this time. All right. She did it, Paul. She did it. She just did it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. No. 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 I'm. It's uncurious. It's fine. We do it too. Yeah. I didn't. Sure. Not this time. For the record. Didn't. Yeah. Great. This morning. Came up with that this morning. Don't tell him that. He doesn't well, like when so I do good. that. See? Okay. He doesn't I like agree. it when I do it on a day. No, it's fine. We don't need to brag, guys. <laughs> we we don't need off. to put it's, it it's downplay. We don't need to I'm brag. I'm not bragging. I yeah. didn't do that either. <laughs> it's very good. Let's just no, vote. She, you're not bragging. You're right. I'm sorry. Let's just no, vote. It, no, if, he's we'll see very good. He's very good. Scoreboard reflects something different. Scoreboard. Well, whatever. Uh, I'm pol- voting for yours. I go first. I'm voting for yours. Me, of course. Okay. Oh, well, sorry. Well, no well, offense. No, I love the of course. No, no. I know. And, I'm not gonna and, it was. It was great. Who votes next? Do I vote next? I thought it was you. Vote next. Pitch. Then I, in turn, <sighs> great, <laughs> <laughs> vote for yours. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, shit. Uh, um, the cap, sorry, Lauren. The cap. Oh. It's really close. Mm-hmm. But Paul, yours had such vision. Uh, I am voting for you. I didn't see you. this coming. Whoa! No, no, babe. It was. It was. This is. Uh, it was. It was really close. Well, you're better off than I am. You're through. I can't do any more to you now. But that, like, talking about like the juxtaposition. I'm really a sucker Shoot. for that. All the twists. Really thank close, you. but Paul wins. This well, is, uh, thank you very much. This is one of the most meaningful because it was so 
difficult. Difficult. Yeah. I mean. Yes. And I was so ready to make your poster, Travis. Fuck. I am gonna. I want to try to introduce a um a bonus poster segment. Next episode, which, by the way, will be our mid-season finale. Oh, already. To everyone. Yes, this is our penultimate (laughs) episode to the first half of this season (laughs) in which we do the AFI list. After that finale, we'll we'll play around a little bit before we get back to it. Uh, But we will still be doing this because we like to do it and it's fun and uh, we like to watch movies. And thank you very much for the win. A well-earned win, Paul. It was really close. It was really good. I love that twist at the end. Yeah. It was great. great. It was great. Really close. The writing of it was uh, beautiful. Very poetic. Parsec (laughs) award-winning, worthy (laughs) writing. Um, Anything on the way out? Any plugs? Any hugs? Any bugs? (laughs) Any slugs? Slugs or bugs? You're a bug. That's That's true. true. I'm a bug. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So we have a bug. It's Lauren. Apparently, got a yeah. hug. Yeah, oh, get that oh out sorry. Away. Yeah, no, the okay. listeners. I, I got hugging. a hug today from both of you, that's so that true. was great. You're so clammy. That's you. I'm feeling nice and clam over yeah. here. I'm yeah. gonna turn that all the crank that out the second. She's a bug. Oh, yeah. yeah, I'm a bug. Oh, you are a bug. But childhood that's nickname. My, that's is my bug. nickname. Interesting. Yeah. Paul Junior's nickname is Bug. Aww. The Lobby Boys. So you're in good company. Yeah. Right. Okay. Plug that. Plug the hotel. As it. As it's not as it even ever we're was. on break. I'm the tired. Hotel I'm so, the hotel yeah. in Espanol. The you know like hotel in Espanol. You know what? Like in Espanol. I've said it a few yeah. times. Listen to this. Yeah. The hotel has some numbers. Mm. Listen to this. We work hard on this. Yeah. Mostly, Paul. Tell your fling and flang and friends. Thanks. Our uh, mid-season finale is going to be a banger. Very exciting. Very excited to watch these films. So that's going to be fun. And then I'm also looking forward to playing a little more loose and just getting to pick things we want to do for a bit there in our intermission. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's going to be great, friends. Keep listening. Even if you don't, we'll keep talking. Probably okay. We yeah. love it. And we'll keep watching and we'll keep loving each other. Expanding our minds. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I like that better. <laughs> Fuck loving can, each no, other. No, we can do both. <laughs> yeah. There's room yeah. for, for, for yeah. everything. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Thanks for listening to the follow-up showdown. We'll be back next time talking about the Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid quadrilogy. Please follow us on socials at the follow-up showdown on Instagram and TikTok. And also our first season is on YouTube.